Now, you're very welcome back. I'm joined once more with Owen McGee, who's consumer expert and financial advisor with Prosperous Financial. And he's going to answer all your consumer related questions this afternoon. 53106 if you want to get more questions into us. There's loads in already. Uh, someone says, Owen, my husband and I are both 49. We're changing life assurance and critical illness. Is around 50 grand critical illness sufficient? Is a dual policy a good idea? OK, first, the dual policy, good idea. Yeah, it's typically very little bit more. It's only a small bit more money. And for people who don't understand what dual means, dual pays out twice. So if if you had a life cover policy on you and your husband and you both died in the same car accident or something had killed you both at the same time, the, the amount of money would be paid out for both you and your husband. Okay. Where a single life or joint life would be, it would only be paid out on the first death and that's it. So it's always a little bit more money and it makes a lot of sense. Is 50,000 enough? how long is a piece of string like it's it's completely relative to how much money you need how much and this is actually can get really scientific um but think about it this way a hundred thousand and they're talking about specified illness cover which is a different thing what i would say is is at the very least have your loans covered your mortgage and your personal loans and car loans and stuff like that yeah because the last thing you want with specified illness the last thing you want when you have a medical crisis is a financial crisis at the same time and statistics actually show that people who have specified illness have a better rate of recovery than people who don't because they don't suffer a financial crisis at the and same time and they're not as stressed presumably and, and yeah absolutely that's entirely what it's got to, they concentrate on their recovery not on their finances so 50 grand depends on what you're spending because you could have a ma- you could have a mortgage that's huge yes. or whatever so that's that, that's yeah. how long a piece of string but but yeah the jewel thing is good someone says oh and I have a small maintenance from my marriage and I am in receipt of a disability allowance and all the benefits for which I'm extremely grateful um if I could work for five to six hours a week, what would I lose? Thanks a million. Are you able to answer a question it like depends. that? Like some of the, it even depends on the disability benefits. Some of the disability benefits allow you to work for t- um, 12 hours a week or f- I think it's 12 or 14 hours a week. So it really depends. Like 19 hours a week. Yeah. Do you know what though? The Citizens Information Bureau are fantastic for this. You ring them up. They've got a, a, a not a free phone number, one of those 1850 type number, the cheap phone call numbers. And their advice is superb. And generally the wait is quite slow. So ring them up and see what they have to tell yeah. Okay, yeah, because obviously... They, they can get very specific, actually, and they're great. Yeah. Uh, with all these bank charges, Owen, does it make more financial sense to have a joint account? I'm in a part-time job. I earn minimum wage. My husband's the main earner. He earns significantly more. If we both had paychecks going into the one joint account, obviously our charges would be halved. Can we just combine our separate accounts into one? Is it that easy? It might be. It is easy, but it might take a bit of convincing of the husband right this might not be a, a, how much does it cost type question I wonder is it a veiled one no uh, to be fair some couples if they put their joint account together will absolutely murder each other they will not be able to survive because it muddles up all the finances and some couples have to have their account separate and some couples have to have it together and I would think that this is more about your relationship than what it costs you you could have two separate individual accounts and if you pick the right accounts and lodge the right amount of money and stick to the rules you won't have charges anyway so if it's charges is your concern maybe look at your own charges and so both the, of you set the it up the charges right. aren't big enough to, to be the the deciding factor here if, if the charges are really big on the account you need to just move your own account and you're probably with Do the wrong a lot account of couples not necessarily want to know want the other half to know what they're spending their money on. Oh, sorry, a lot of couples, all couples, I think, <laughs> don't, don't want their couple. Asking don't. for a friend, Owen. <laughs> yeah. No, but some couples, honestly, they will, they couldn't survive unless all the money was together. And some couples need their money to be completely separate. And some couples need a separate account each and one in the middle that they kind of put joint account bills coming out of. It really is down to the couple and you need to have this conversation early in the relationship, ideally. 
Uh, Kira, question for Owen. I'm in the fortunate position of, of receiving an employee award scheme of a large sum of money, around 100 grand. Can I ask what I should do with it? Should I put it in a pension? Should I invest it? What's the most tax efficient way of drawing this money down? So that's very nice. OK, Somebody's so you're getting, getting a lump of money. money. Tax efficient, if, if everyone in the firm is getting it, generally what will happen is a firm will get some of the clever tax people in to construct the best scheme and try and work it out to get the, make it most tax efficient. Um, one of the things you might consider is, is sometimes you may be allowed and you just have to be careful about how your contract is structured, but you might be allowed to get the company to put some of that money into pension for you instead depending on how it's been deemed um, you have to be careful of the rules there what I would say with something like that is is you need to break it up into pots spend some of it on you right now right just pick some of it and say and that's I'm talking about a small amount Kira. don't get too excited right I, 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 well, my, that, my eyes lit <laughs> yeah, up there yeah. but spend some of it now like there's obviously something has happened in the business that you've contributed to that you're getting rewarded for so reward yourself put some of it away for medium term and some of it away for long term but do make sure you take a pot of it and put it away for long term because this money you weren't expecting it so do good with it in the long term medium Rainy and short term uh, somebody says I have a nephew going to work in Dubai for a few years what's the tax position of bringing money back into the country when he decides to come home is there a liability? Uh, it depends on... A lot of people do this now, don't they? The yeah, teachers Yeah, they'll go away. Typically, and Dubai might be slightly different, but it, it really depends on what your tax position is out there. If you're out there and you're paying tax and, and you bring after-tax income back here, there shouldn't be a tax implication here. There is got to do, now you start to get really complicated, domicile, residency, all these other things, and ordinarily resident, resident and domicile, and all of these things start to come into it. What I would say to you is, is that if it's a dramatic amount of money, you need to get good tax advice here on this one. Okay, very good. Someone says, Owen, oh, I have six years left in my mortgage. If I pay an extra 200 euros per month, would that be good financially? And how long would it take to finish? This is a very hard question. How long would it take to finish the mortgage with the extra payment? I have a health problem, which could result in me having to leave work sooner. I okay. suppose broadly, I, I mean, that's very detailed, but broadly... Paying, paying off your mortgage early. Good idea, okay. bad idea? Uh, what I would say is, is it always seems like a great idea. A lot of the time it doesn't make financial sense to clear off a mortgage early. I'm not a fan of paying it back on a month-to-month basis, an extra bit every month, because the huge benefit in paying off a mortgage early isn't necessarily financial, it's emotional. And one of the key things that that person said there is, is they may have health issues. If they put 200 a month extra into the mortgage and in three years' time this health issue flares up and they're out of work and they need money, the mortgage company is not going to give them their 200 quid a month back. Okay. I would prefer to see that person put the 200 quid a month aside and be sensible with it put it aside and if you want to in a couple of years time use the lump to clear off the mortgage in one go because now you're getting the financial and the emotional benefit of it so, but in the meantime if something goes wrong so you've access to the money save your 200 quid rainy day fund and uh, yeah great advice look thank you as ever that is the wonderful Owen McGee he'll be back with us next Thursday answering all your queries on finances I'm afraid we are out of time here though today on Lunchtime Live thank you so much to all of you particularly the Mother's Day calls you, you, you blow me away the whole time with this and, and I, I'm really I'm really sincere when I say thank you so much for uh, just sharing your stories with us um, John Moncrieff is up next do stay tuned for him my thanks to the team Michael Culligan Claire Darmody Kira Courtney Emma Cawley and Ruth Abbott we will be back with Lunchtime Live and Unscripted God help us all tomorrow at 12 but for me Kira, have a great day thank you for listening